Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 45-year-old from Surrey, England. His hockey journey has taken him to England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Slovenia, Luxembourg, and Iceland. He is or was a staple and legend of the big blue tent. But he's best known for his quick whistle and his even quicker tongue, <clears throat> chirping unsuspecting hockey players throughout the EIHL, becoming a legend of the game, and has quite an unorthodox way of breaking up fights. Welcome to the shed, Lee Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Wally. That was, a, that was a good introduction. Thank you very much. You know what? For how much I remember of you and how legendary you were for me, the research team was cold. There wasn't much to find out there. <laughs> really? I mean, I, don't, I didn't know where to look. It's not like a player, right? No, this no, it's not. It's, you know, it's uh, it's just things that obviously happen on the ice, and you know, things that you remember, things that I remember, and <laughs> obviously some of my colleagues. There isn't much out there to to know or find. I well, at least I hope not. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, because so I get into how we know each other, and my first game in the big blue tent, I I'll never forget it because you know. I was pretty high on my horse coming from the second league in Germany, you know, where and Denmark, where I'd ran a muck. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm pretty hot shit for the EIHL. Well, that first game in the big blue tent, you let me know exactly where I stood. <laughs> Go on, tell me. I, I don't remember exactly how it went, but um, um, I think I, uh, I, I didn't agree with one of your calls on an offside. And, and I let you know. And then I got kicked out. Every face off my Sutterman would get kicked out. And you ran my show the rest of the game. And I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you <laughs> chirped me ruthlessly and then just ran a muck with me. And I knew I knew where I stood the rest of the season. I got in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's um, obviously before the warning situation come in. And, you know, we, we were able to conduct our face-offs and obviously we could kick the sentiment out at the time and uh you can't do that anymore no you have to give a warning now and it's it's, it it defeats a bit of the object because there's there's a bit of a story to that from from many years ago um there was a player called uh jeff jeff lindsay who played for peterborough and i remember he he said to me it was a it was a game in in peterborough and he said to me, oh, keep your head up, young. I'm going to shoot the fucking puck at you. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, so I went over to the ref and I was like, look, keep an eye on this guy. He's just threatening to shoot the puck at me. And, you know, 
the other linesman dropped the face off and Peterborough won it and it went straight back to Jeff Lindsay and he looked at me and looked at the puck and he looked again and no. just shot it straight at me and the referee didn't call anything. And really? I remember the following year, he, he moved to Manchester, Manchester Storm. And I think it was Craig Woodcroft, um, sentiment at the time. And it was in Bracknell, Bracknell against Manchester. And Jeff Lindsay skated up to me during the game. And he's like, hey, do you remember what I told you in Peterborough? And I'm like, yeah, I remember. He said, well, it's going to fucking happen again tonight. And I'm like, oh, right, is it now? So probably the same situation as you in, uh, in the BBT. I looked <laughs> I at Craig I, Woodcroft. I don't think I was going to do that. <laughs> Uh, I, I looked at Craig Woodcroft and I, I just kicked him straight out the face off. And he was like, what for? And I said, well, you D-man, you know, he's, he's threatening to shoot the puck at me again. I said, and there's history there. I said, so every time he's on the ice and you are, you ain't doing another face off. And That is a yeah, good that- strategy, though, because then you get a little bit of control. Because I did realize if I started chirping you and gumming you after each job, uh, say blown call, you know, cause I was probably right. Um, <laughs> but well, like, perfect. if I'm going to let you know all season long, then it's going to be a long year for both of us. And when you did that, like, I think I, I don't know who I was playing with, but you kicked out the centerman and then I got to go in for the D zone draw. And I'm like, I don't want to take that. What I, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. And you know, the sentiment obviously doesn't want to get kicked out either. Cause especially on a, you know, a, a power play or a penalty kill and you know, that's their job. Then, you know, they don't want wingers to be taking them. And yeah, it was just a quick way to sort of nip anything in, in the bud, really. You know, right, it, 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 it's something I remember from my first game. So obviously it worked. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, there, there, there's, a, there's a few like that. It's good. It's, um, but, but now, you know, we, we don't get that opportunity now. We just we have to give the warning. And um, yeah, you know, they take takes it, chops the legs out from under you a bit. eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what, the other part I remember though is after that game, I because I was buddies with Diesel already at the start of the season, but we were chatting. I'm like, "What is with this linesman? Like, he's all up in my grill." <laughs> he goes, "Oh, he's awesome. You're gonna love Younger." <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, I, then I watched you the rest of the season. We never had another beef, really. But um, I do remember, like, <laughs> when you would say something quick back to the guys, and. Um, and then you just giggle. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I did. A, a, a story that springs to mind was a game in the BBT with, um, I think it had been snowing and it taken us, you know, obviously it's just a couple of hours, you know, down the M4. And uh, we got to the rink. It had been snowing. There weren't many people in the, in the arena. And it was literally the first few seconds of the game and, the puck gets rimmed round the boards and Tyson, Tyson Marsh was trying to keep it in. It comes out the blue line. He, he takes it back in. I blow an offside. And he looked at me and he literally banged his stick on the ice. And he was like, the bloody crowd didn't come here to watch you. And I looked round just for a second because there weren't that many people because of the snow. And I said, well, judging by the size of this one, Marshy, they didn't come to watch you either. <laughs> and literally, he didn't know what to say. And he just stood there and I was like, oh, no, why have I just said that? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, that just sort of, it killed it. You know, and there's no, it's never anything personal. It's, you know, just between us two. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's fun. I, I think it's fun in hockey to chirp people, but, like, you know, in a fun way, not like, you know, 
No, it's nothing and real it's, personal, it's, right? Just like funny stuff. Like D yeah, squirting exactly. in the back of the legs with a water bottle. That's funny. Yeah, grabbing hold of the shirt just as I'm about to skate away and I can't, you know, he, <laughs> he was always doing doing something, you know. If, <laughs> I'd go to put my arm up for an icing and he'd, he'd grab hold of my shirt and keep the arm down and I'd be like, oh, you know, he was a, he is a funny character. Yeah, I wonder, I don't know if you'd get to do that in Gratz anymore, eh? Uh, I very much doubt it. No. He, he knew a lot of the boys though on the circuit, so he, he was he was comedy gold for us. <laughs> okay, so how we know each other, I guess that year would be about the only year and then... Uh, yeah, we got in contact through uh, the Zebra Stampede to the Shed, eh? I'm having a lot of them on. So, yeah, Darns are. was the first one. Um, onesie, who can only stop one way. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't either. Yeah, I no. thought you'd have to go both ways, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you would hope so. You would think so. Right. I didn't, I didn't know he could only stop one way. Uh, well, and then speaking of great skaters, then there's Sam Martin, right? Likes to show off when there's an icing, right? Yeah. Yeah, He's go get <laughs> um, And then uh, Rosie and Dino were just on from uh, Bar 26, was it, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, Bar 26. What a spot. It looks lovely. It spe- so speaking of the Shed family, right? Dino, Dino, Dino and I really got to know each other last week in the shed here. And um, I needed a ride from Heathrow. Guess who's picking me up? Oh, Dino. Dino's picking me up. Says he's bringing a six pack and we're going to cruise. Oh, that's good. That's nice. That's, that's not too far from me. Hey, when he's picked you up, come to mine. I'm literally like 20 minutes, half hour away. We'll go and, we'll go and get a beer. We'll have a beer. See, she's going to be a busy couple days, folks. Hold on. Yep. It's going to be something. <laughs> um, but like, that's what I love about this so much. It's like my hockey life was dormant for like uh, five, six years. And now I'm making new friends to the point where they'll pick me up from the airport and drive me to Cardiff. Right. And it's chatting with people in my shed and having fun and getting to know people. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah Cause I, you, you obviously, you spoke a little bit about your, um, your story and your, and your career with uh, Matt at the time and, and Dean on the last last podcast, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, what did I talk about? You spoke about obviously. I think your 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 body is sort of given up before your mind had. Yeah. Well, I, I I it's being around the team, being around the guys, and like you wake up and like you got twenty best friends you go to work with every day that are like minded, and you're trying to win a championship. Um, in the real world, you don't really have those competitive juices every day, right? You wake up, you try and make sure everything goes good. Um, and then, uh, you know, you do the best you can, but like, you're not trying to win a championship at the end of the year. You're not trying to win a game that day. It's just, it's a lot different, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like when I retired and then come back, you know, a lot of people, you know, I retired back in what I thought at the time was a, the right decision for me um and I, I i walked away from the game i had a you know big jersey presentation at the finals weekend and you know it was only over through the summer that i was like no why why did i do this and you know it was it, it was quite a thing to come back you know because i didn't know sort of what reaction i was going to get or you know and people still you know take take the mick a bit 
but obviously they don't realize just how much dedication we put into the sport and how much we love it you know how much of your life and your time it takes up yeah and like you you know you've got 20 best friends that you go out on the ice with you know and they're my hockey family as well you know we're, we're a team just as much as the others out there that you know are playing the game we're we're a team as well it, it was it was after that uh, you know the, the summer had happened all the signings were coming up and I was like man why did I give this all up it's it's I love the sport too much and I, I rung up Simon Kirkham and I was like hey you know if if I wanted to come back is there is there still a door open and he was like yeah please you know come back and so yeah the rest was history well and that's uh I guess like my knee injury it takes the second guessing out of it because I know a lot of guys get to a certain point in their life where they're going to be starting from scratch in the real world. They're going to be starting a job that doesn't pay them as much as a hockey player, but you have to start sometime, but um, saying no to a contract um, to do it one more year instead of start the real world is if your body can still do it, it's really hard to, to do that. If, yeah. if you're still getting offers and the people still want you, you know? Yeah. But could imagine. yeah, but when the knee goes, then it's yeah, pretty well tits on toast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so funny stuff. Okay, I'm gonna bring up my real world stuff right now. Is <clears throat> not many episodes this week, folks. Been busy week. We just had our KPI week, and funny story. Um, I report on my department. <laughs> All the big dogs are in these meetings. Fire up the video. Didn't mean to, was in the shed backwards hat western michigan bronco shirt on and i'm in the middle or it's right before the kpi starts i fire up the meeting and it's i'm the only one with video and it's showing me in the shed and with all the big dogs it was wild oh no yeah and what did i say uh someone wrote to me are you in your garage and i wrote it's it's a shed Oh, uh, but yeah, no, shout out to them. Cause, um, like I, this is my lunch hour and I'm confident I can do this because I am on salary. And when I signed up for the job, they said, this is a 24 hour, seven, 24 hour, seven day a week job. And I, I'm good with that. So if I need a lunch to talk, right. I got to take that. <laughs> You're allowed to take an hour for lunch. Right. <laughs> we might not be an hour though. eh? <laughs> no, we might not be. <laughs> Um, so yeah, th thank you for to them, right? Yeah, sorry, you. sorry for firing up the video of the KPIs to the shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, anyways, the picture <clears throat> I posted of and Rosie brought it up in his episode where you're laying on top of two hockey players and there's a kerfuffle. Rosie's over another part and you're laying on two hockey players like crowd surfing on their faces and um when i posted that piglet said that was him uh no i think it was patchy i thought it was mitchin by the look of the skates no i think it was it, i it was max peron from so it didn't even mean that much to you when you get yourself right up in their face like that it didn't even mean that much to you no, I um no, literally it was Josh Batch and Max Perron. They, they an incident had happened yet again in the BBT. 
<laughs> and uh, they they both sort of crashed down to the ice and I sort of went down to break them up and they ended up sort of wriggling around underneath me and I ended up literally on this pivot point on the pair of them where I, I couldn't go forward and I couldn't go back and I was literally just stuck on top of both of them and I couldn't get my skates out and I remember just looking at both of them and I'm like I'm really sorry guys but I just cannot move it, I was like literally just stuck there and I'm like I'm really sorry I just can't move because it did look like you're like you're you're you were your front package was like in the, in in front of their <laughs> faces pretty, i think it pretty much was for Max. you were I laying on their sorry. faces belly down <laughs> it, yeah it was, i felt pretty sorry for max because uh, he just i couldn't move and i said to and i think there was a treat that went out and i think josh Batch said i can confirm that lee young is very cuddly uh, and that was all that he said, that was all that he said. Uh, it was uh, it was just a funny incident and somebody called it on on camera and um it's a yeah, hell of a picture <laughs> yeah it's a good picture there was a lot of kerfuffles that season with the devils uh there's a video on youtube of like devil's fights from that season there's a lot of fighting yeah. went on a lot of fighting yeah i think um i think one of the games that spring to mind and uh, there was i think it was um benny uh, benny olsen ended up getting into a fight with a fan as he was getting off the ice there was a there was a fan Who's in Ben Olson. He was a D man for Coventry. Was it was you there? That's when he must have been. That name doesn't ring a bell. I don't mm. think. Well, he was a D man for Coventry, and it was the year I think they had. He fought a fan in the big blue tent. Yeah, the fan jumped. So when they got off the obviously at, at the BBT. You know, yeah. so the benches were all that side because I was on the game that you spoke about where Voff and Knight had the fight behind the benches. I mean, it's probably one of the worst. It was it was horrible, that fight, <laughs> because they are two big, tough guys, Voffa and Knight, and they both got kicked off. And obviously the doors were, the you know, up next to the benches. And as Olsen got off the ice, there was the, obviously the security, excuse me, wasn't brilliant. And uh, I remember as, as Olsen got off the ice, a, a fan jumped over the metal railings and started fighting him against the plexiglass. I'd never seen anything like it. And um, yeah, I think the I think the fan got banned for for a season, or you know, I think it was near to the end of the hockey season anyway. But yeah, I'm not uh, sure if I was there or not. But like, it, it's amazing because those big blue tent nights that season 2014-15 with the devils like there was so much stuff going on during a hockey game the fighting the scoring the crowd everything was just bananas in there <laughs> yeah i it was a phenomenal it was a phenomenal rink to go to i mean even when i used to do games in the old um ice arena wells um the old cardiff rink that was in the town center the the atmosphere on on those games um, was just second to none, and sometimes they 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 do make the difference during a game. You, you even notice it now when um, you know they're playing in their new arena. You know they've, they've got that standing block now. Um, I, I've been they, there. <laughs> yeah, we we've seen. I've seen the photos of you as well. Yeah. You know, but they they do make a difference, and you know, fans you make a off, difference. Fans being loud do. makes a big difference. Yep. And you know what? We we get just as 
just as carried away, you know, like we we have adrenaline too, you know. So when it's a, a, a quarterfinal or a semi-final or even a final, you know, I still get just as nervous as probably half the players do. Yeah. And so I suppose fans don't really see it like that, you know. You are like you get do you get you get nervous that you, you don't want to screw up or what? Yeah, it's a mixture, you know, it's all games are important. Like regular season, you know, normally. I know exactly what you're trying to say. Regular yeah. season's boring and playoffs are fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, Big games know, it, are fun, right? Sheffield Cardiff yeah. is fun. Like yeah. those are fun. Going to play the whole Stingrays on a Wednesday isn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not all that drive. And, yeah. yeah. The yeah, adrenaline yeah, doesn't get pumping as much, you could say. No, it doesn't. And I, I remember um, in the old, old arena, um, it was Cardiff against Coventry. It was the second leg of the Challenge Cup, and Coventry were winning three 0 And it was me and Darns. We were we were travelling down to the game, and I, I said to him, "Oh, what was the score from last night?" Because we didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, it's 3-0 to, to Coventry. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's pretty much a bit of a whitewash, really. And I remember Nathan Rempel, he went out 30 seconds into the game, scored a goal, 3-1. Then he scored one in the second. Then he scores with 30 seconds left in the third period to make it 3-3. And, the and same guy did? Yeah, it, it was. And the atmosphere in that rink was phenomenal. And I, I remember it went to it went to overtime, then it went into a penalty shootout, and I think it was a gentleman called Peter Warbury in goal, and um, he come out to make a save, and Barry Moore for Coventry skated round him, and just as he was take, just about to take the winning penalty shot on an empty net, his stick broke, <laughs> and there was a there was a player uh, Strange, who was playing for Cardiff, great sentiment. Uh, unbelievable player and he went down and he scored the winning goal and yeah um, Cardiff won won the Challenge Cup final that year I can't remember what year it was I'm, I'm absolutely useless with years yeah I've never um, heard of any of those guys but <laughs> yeah that phenomenal um so that's at the old Cardiff arena that happened yeah it was old uh, before obviously the BBC. Oh, right yeah where that yeah where the uh the shopping center thing is there right yeah right by chippy yeah, lane so then obviously you ran a muck of chippy lane before what's your what right yes i've been to chippy lane yes yeah. i've been there so what would you get if you went now mm. uh probably um chicken shish kebab yeah chips yeah, chips. That'd be about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm just curious. I, you know, I it must have been really fun having the arena downtown in Cardiff and being able to just walk right there. You know, Cardiff Bay is beautiful. Yeah. Like where the arena is now is beautiful, but to be right in the action there, that would have been pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was a good arena, good atmosphere, and the BBT was, you know, it's exactly the same. Okay, we haven't pissed anybody off yet. Who do you think? Because you were a linesman. Who's the best ref? Let's piss. <laughs> let's piss some people off. Say somebody. Do it. Piss the rest off. Who's, Do it. Who's the best ref? Yeah. Gee. They're all good. 
Oh, there you go. That's here we go. I never thing. would have thought you were just going to go with the politically correct answers. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Where and what are you doing now? Uh, me, I, well, I'm still, I'm still lining. Um, hopefully be back next year if they, if they want me. And I'm, I just work for an American company that sell, um, manufacturing equipment. It's nothing exciting. Um, well, I, there's definitely want you back. Cause, um, yeah, that first game, like, you know, you, you had your strategy and you know what, it, it, it made sense. It makes sense to me. It worked. Um, I thought you were, uh, you had the most control of the game of linesmen and like everything. Like I thought you were great. Oh, thanks Wally. I appreciate that. Well, I'm yeah. Okay. I'll say this nice stuff to you now, then we can carry on back to normal. Okay. Is um, what I loved about hockey in the UK was when it was fun to be at the rink again and it was fun to play hockey again. And um, it was linesmen like you that made it like that, that would chirp me and I could chirp you and you weren't just going to give me a 10 and we could have a bit of a laugh and you could chirp me and then like skate away, like with a smirk and then Dees would spray you with the water bottle and like everybody's laughing, but like it was fun and people that show up to hockey rinks and it's about business and it's serious. I'm not really into that shit. I like showing up to a hockey rink because you love it and it's fun. And that's what you brought to the rink every night just as a linesman that's why i'll never forget you okay oh that's that's appreciated wally and yeah do you know what it's it's true i i work five days a week and i dedicate my time to hockey every weekend and i want to go there and i want to have fun with the guys that i'm with i want to you know i want the players to have fun whilst you know yeah it's their careers they're they're you know they're playing for for themselves and for the team and, and for the fans and you know they've got to just have as much fun as well and if you're on the same level as them and you know it makes the game flow and I can take some of the heat away from the referees that may be the play you know if, if a player goes up and has a go at the referee they they have the power to just suddenly be like bang you know what go and sit down for 10 minutes and it it's not, that's no fun for anybody you know, the player's going to get pissed off, even though they're sat in there for 10 minutes, cooling off. It, it's no fun. Whereas I try and deflect that away from the referee and, you know, like players will get on and off the ice and you can hear them moaning and I'll say, look, what's up? Get it off their chest and then, you know, just get on with the game. Yeah. And, and that's what I prefer because then it just, they can talk to me, I can talk to them, we can have some banter and yeah. And, and when you're talking about the passion you have and how you get like amped up for the bigger games, you know, the moments, you know, when it's like, there can be better FU matches with players and nobody, nothing. It's just the time of the game that that needs to happen. And we're getting it off our chests, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's knowing when to, okay, do you know what they are? Just let them have their event then. Yeah. And then come back after, you know, maybe a stoppage later and go, hey, you okay now? And then they'd be like, yeah, I, I'm okay. And, so and, well, like, okay be, and it's the same as like, we're talking about those games on a Wednesday in a hall and like, we're all there and we're all kind of miserable to be there. And someone starts acting like a donkey. It's a lot easier to give them that 10 that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you're in Surrey which is by Guilford. Is that right? Yep. That's correct. Research team tried to get hot. <laughs> so that <laughs> yeah, is by London. Then that's by Heathrow where I'm flying in. 
Yep. For Matthew Myers testimonial, July 2nd, folks. Right? Yeah, be there, be, be square, a, folks. That'll be a fun night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has me flying out on the Sunday out of Heathrow. And I'm like, man, we got to change that to Monday. Got to. Yeah. Can't. That's, that's not I'd have work. to be on the road by like 6 a.m. on the Sunday. And that's just, it just doesn't work because I already have anxiety about it now. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you need to change that right <laughs> doesn't matter the cost <laughs> gotta change that <laughs> no um okay then when i got instead of uh like the research team i got really like creepy stalker neighborish is i checked out your insta you just got engaged married yes i did engaged or yep. married no, engaged. Engaged to uh, my... Uh, Dad hasn't girl. heard a love story in a while. Can we hear one? Uh, it's not much of a love story. I've, um, what do you mean? I you just Jane. proposed. Where was that? That looked lovely. Um. Oh, my God. Now you're testing me. I've forgotten the name of the place. Oh, dear. That's oh, on dear. the test. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tough questions oh. are over. Yeah. Where, but... Where'd you meet her? At the hockey rink? Uh, no, I didn't actually. I met her through a dating app. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's what you do nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was how we met, and uh, yeah, I've been with Jane for five years, and uh, yeah, and we she, got she's okay with all the officiating. Oh uh, yeah, she's yeah, she she doesn't mind the hockey at all. You know, um, obviously a lot's changed because of because of lockdown and. You know, I, I don't have an office that I go to, so I work from home every day. And so at weekends, she's probably pretty glad to get rid of me. So mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, you know, if you've got to go to Scotland or Belfast, see you later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's happy with the peace and quiet. Yeah, I, I could understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I worked from home for a long time now. Now I'm mixing in some real days too, you know, not just in the shed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay um so any uh off-season plan so you are still reffing i thought i could be wrong but like that first game in the bbt i thought that was your swan song i thought like they were saying goodbye to you like way back when i first came over like way back in 2014-15 when did you retire and then come back it was it was at the end of the 2015 season. Yeah, so that was the swan song, and that's when you were chirping yeah. me. It's like, who is this guy? Yeah, I, okay. Do you know what? I think there was there was a lot that happened that year. I think you had guys like Chris Culligan. Yeah. Uh, Jake Morissette. Yeah. Joey Haddad. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you had Dougie as well. There, you had the Hoffams. As well, I mean, it was just it was just Hendo Badgy, yeah, the goat, yeah. yeah, and then Mark Richardson, yeah. and it was, it was a yeah. I, do you know what it was? I think was that the year when the NHL had their lockout as well. No, no, that's two years after that. I was in Germany for was that it? one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I, I just. I just remember like there was a lot there was a lot going on that season and that's when I just I was 38 then and I was just like you know what I think I'm uh, I think I'm ready to go and yeah I, I wasn't far from it and uh, yeah I'll come back 
Well, they, the one was, thing I, so I'm going to, yeah, gosh, darn it. I keep saying nice things to you. Um, but uh, the, when I first got over there that season, yeah, like we had our little thing there at the start of the season. I thought it was neat that you kept kicking the centerman out because it, it was strategic. But um, when Deese was raving about you and whoever Deese likes, I like, um, he was like, I could see when you were doing your swan song, like this is it. And the, like, for the fans to be cheering for you and everybody that was in the big blue tent, um, they were cheering for a linesman, right? I, I had never seen that before. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> uh, they were probably like, yay, thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> and then I was back the following year, literally, straight yeah. after the summer. Yeah, there's no way you're going anywhere. You have too much fun there. Oh, I do. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then... Uh, Growing up in Surrey, that's not a town, though, right? That's like an area. Yep. Wokingston town or Guildford. So just outside London is what we're saying. Yeah, just say that. Okay, so how did you get into hockey and did you play any other sports? Um, did you play hockey? I did play hockey. I The reason I come about to, to sort of referee um, – I, I grew up in, in Bracknell, um, obviously, when I was a, a lot younger. My mum and dad um, lived in Bracknell, and they, they opened up a rink, uh, John Knight Ledger Centre, and it was like state-of-the-art at the time. And we just went there. It was just a family um, – it was just a family outing. And then it t- – you know, my dad was always very good at doing things wholeheartedly. So when he started something, he'd follow it through and – we started going to, to the rink on a regular basis, like Monday and Tuesday night skating. Then obviously I got playing like under 14s, um, which was just for a season. And then I went, to, well, I moved up to the under 16s. And then my dad said to me, he was like, hey, why don't, why don't you become a referee? I knew I was never going to make it as a player. I didn't have the skills or, you know, I couldn't read the play, you know, like, you know, getting myself into open positions to receive passes or, you know, take shots. And and so my dad was like, why don't you come to a referee camp? You'll be out on the ice all the time. You know, you get paid for it. And, you know, being 14, 15, it's a bit of pocket money. And you think, oh, you know, okay. So I went to a camp and, you know, I started doing late night games or recreational games. And then I started doing sort of under 14s and under 12s on the line and started to sort of build up from there and I remember I, I was calling all things wrong and icings and offsides and you just think oh my god am I, am I really going to manage with this and and cope and then with just one game it all fell into place and everything seemed to just go right and I loved it from that moment and it just progressed from there and when you just, do a good job at something and it makes you like it more right <laughs> yeah it does uh, you know, and that, when you're not games, confident in what you're doing and you don't feel like you're doing a good job, it's not a good feeling like, you know, inside and in your guts. When you feel like you're doing a good job, then you feel better about yourself, right? Yeah, you do. And you know what? Some of those games are the hardest to do because like the parents, you know, if their kids playing and you're lining, they're just they're all over you. And, you know, we, we had so many officials that were just they they would give up after a few games because they were like, we can't we can't stand the abuse. And it was like, wow, you know, and it, 
it's sad in some ways because we had so many officials that just gave up after doing a few junior games because they just couldn't stand the abuse that they were getting from the mums and dads of, of players <laughs> that were in the stands. It was crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, wild times, the minor hockey and with parents being around their kids watching them play. It is a whole different atmosphere than that professional. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> certainly is yeah um anyways that would be interesting um so did you always do lines or did you do refing? i've oh i have refereed a few games like lower league under 16s under 14 tournaments i've always been a linesman and to be honest i've never really want i've just i've wanted to stay a career linesman because you have so much more fun on that's what Rosie said too. He said it's more fun. Yeah, do you know you you have so much more personal interaction with the players that as a referee, I don't you can't you can't be like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I would miss about the game the most because you know, like when I'm controlling face-offs, you know, I can talk to the sentiment, you know, when it's getting down to you know, maybe a tight game or a three-two game, and you, you know they're all sticky, and you know you, you're saying to the sentiment like, "Hey guys, you know this is an important draw. I know it's important for both teams because you know you both want to win it. Let's keep it clean. Get your sticks down, bang. You know, and I talk to I talk to the players a lot, even even when I've dropped the puck. You know, I'll be like, "Hey, good face-off, guys. You know, even whilst the game is going on, and that's the that's the element that I love." About well, the, and as a the, referee, you just don't you don't get. Well, there's definitely different times of the game where faceoffs are like so much more important, right? Like the way yep. I, and I have I've never really thought about your side of it, but like for the linesmen, it it should be, and I guess it is different for you guys, right? Because when there's been a timeout and you're going out to a D zone draw up a goal with 30 seconds left. The importance of that face-off compared to one with, you know, 17 minutes left in the first period is is, is different in yeah. the, you know, in the neutral zone. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And especially when it comes, when we have the ability to kick sentiment out of draws, you don't want to be kicking them out at that stage of the game. No. You know, they, they're out there for no. a reason. That's why they get paid is to take that draw. Exactly. And you know what? I, I did not get paid to... to take that draw. <laughs> no. And the thing is, I don't want to be the decider of a game because of a face-off or something that I've done when it's it's their job to decide it, you know? Right. And so, and that's the interaction side that I just like the most. Uh, and I love lining. I've, I've always said, and, you know, people that I work with, I said, oh, I'd have to go refereeing. And they're just like, younger, it's not for you. You're a career linesman and that's it. And, you know, I, I appreciate the honesty that the guys give me. And, you know, I, I, I prefer to just run the line and have I'm, the interaction yeah, with everybody. I, and I think it's, it's, it suits you too. Like you said, you deflect things from the ref and like that helps players. The players may not understand what you're doing for them at the moment. Right. But once no. they hear you in the shed, they might realize, Oh, he was, he was doing that for me. He was blocking between, he was the buffer between me and the ref. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I don't like I don't like seeing players get like misconduct penalties just because they're having a 
having a meltdown or, or a moment that, you know, it's like, look, come on, guys, you know, chill. Yeah. Take it out on me. I'm not going to turn around and give you, a, you know, I'm not going to run over to the ref and say, oh, you know, yeah, Ashley Tate. Um, he done it very well in Sheffield. I remember calling an offside and he skated past me and he didn't make a big song and dance about it. He didn't gesture in any way that made me look stupid. He, he skated past and he's sort of like, you know, fuck you, younger, as he skated past me. But it was just between me and him. Nobody else heard it. It was right outside the opposition bench, but it was so quiet that I just, you know, we just got on with it. Right. That, that's what I used to do. I would never make a scene in front with refs or linesmen. I would go up and politely say, you're an, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. It's a little more forceful. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then uh, you're in that area by London. So you guys got like a hub of refs around there too, like they got in Cardiff? Um, no, we, um, I know, I know Darms works in London and Steph's nearby as well. So we should do a meetup and Ilya yeah, as well. Yeah. He, we, sometimes we arrange to sort of have a meetup, but we have, we haven't done one just yet. So like all of the refs from Cardiff, right. When they're going to games and I never thought of this is when we were at those games, the big blue tent, like you're driving by yourself to all those games, right? Those guys are already there. Yes, some of them, some of them will be. I mean, most of the time we'll either be paired up as, you know, one ref, one linesman, or it'll be all four of us in one car and we'll be travelling up. And, yeah, it's, it's a lot of time. It's a massive dedication. I remember one year me and Darns were meant to be in Belfast and I picked him up from Reading. We drove down to Heathrow. And when we turned up, the, the flights were all cancelled because air traffic control was down. And there was only three games on that day. Um, it was Brayhead Cardiff. I think there was another game in, it was either Dundee or Fife. And Belfast had their first home game um, for several weeks. And no, there was no officials available. Everybody, because they hadn't been allocated games, were doing stuff with their own family and you know, Don's, I remember he, we got in the car and it was about 11 o'clock in the morning because um, our flight was meant to be at like half 10. And he was like, listen, start heading north. And I'm like, OK, no problem. Where are we going? He said, just keep heading north. He said, until I tell you otherwise. And uh, got on the M40 and we kept driving and we got to Manchester. And, and I'm like, where, where are we going? He's like, we're going to, we're going to Glasgow. There's no, there's no officials. And so for eight hours, nonstop driving in the car, we, we ended up in Glasgow for a TV game, uh, Glasgow against Cardiff. We'd done the game. We turned up at half six for a seven o'clock face-off. Absolutely knackered. Uh, we'd done the game. And then I said to Dan's afterwards, I was like, uh, where are you tomorrow? And he was like, oh, I don't have a game. He said, um, going to be at home. And I said, well, unlucky for you. I said, because I've got a game in Cardiff. And so we stayed the night in Glasgow and we ended up traveling all the way down to Cardiff the next night, done a game in Cardiff. Driving. And, yeah. Nonstop driving. A thousand miles that weekend. <laughs> You're yeah, using your, you guys was, use your own cars to do that. Yeah. There ain't no league cars. They're not giving you cars. <laughs> nope. You know, probably could have hired one, but we wasn't expecting to be driving all the way to Glasgow 
when we was meant to be flying to Belfast to do the game. It was, yeah, it was a, a phenomenal weekend of traveling, but it was, it was long and tiresome. Well, and, and that's, that's what fans don't get it right. When they're out there screaming at you guys and yelling at you and like they, when you look at those NHL games and they get the video and they get it right down to the very centimeter or whatever, like that it's offside or not like, yeah. The game's happening fast. And like you look at how many NHL linesmen don't get the exact call right. Sometimes they're quite wrong, right? And uh, those are only when they show the ones where there's goal scored. There's more, right? And uh, you guys are driving for 12 hours before you get there. Yeah. Exactly. Just because you love fun. it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And that is exactly it, you know. And it's, I'm sorry you know, I yelled at you so much. <laughs> oh, you, hey, you don't need to be sorry. You're just, you're doing good because I'm not. <laughs> no, it's, you're doing I didn't mean job. it at all. I, I meant every word I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. I had one more question, though. You said half 10. I forgot about that saying when I was over there. Half 10. Is that 9 30 or 10 30? Uh, half 10 is uh, 10.30. Half 10. But you're already past 10. Yep. So it's That's half. What I'll say. You're half halfway 10. through the 10th hour. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you love our British sayings, don't you? I just try to figure out where it came from, how it works. You know? <laughs> it's like running amok. You never know. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. I don't know where we're at. Do you know? Uh, no, I don't. Carry on. Okay. I've got plenty of more stories if you want more stories. I got one. Research team found oh. this one. You had a bad injury in 2021. Broke your yeah. leg. Tibia. Uh, yeah, I broke my uh, I broke my ankle and my fibia in fibia. Uh, the elite the elite series. Oh, and Ooh. like in the hub, like in the oh that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a How I did it happen? You get just stuck in a rut? Uh no. It was all my own fault. Um you know, obviously because of lockdown we hadn't been skating, we hadn't hadn't been on the ice for a year and I had um I had my own fair share of uh, the coronavirus in the December. Um I ended up with um well, the the November uh, twenty was it two thousand. So when was it? Two thousand and twenty. I ended up with a blood clot in my leg and pulmonary embolisms on both lungs, which needed treatment in the November. Uh, then I caught COVID in the December, and then the Elite Series started in in the eight uh, sort of March April time. And I was on a game, it was literally a couple of minutes into the third period, Coventry against Manchester. Puck got rimmed round the boards and two players were battling. And for some reason, I, I decided to jump up on the boards just as they collided into each other. And they obviously, they started to take me out and my leg planted into the ice and the players sort of carried on through me and my leg was going one way as I was going back the other. And yeah, I, I knew my ankle had gone straight away. So you were um, trying to jump up onto like the player's bench 
but then your foot lands as they're coming by. So then your foot's yeah. planted. Yeah, it sort of planted sideways, and uh, they their momentum carried on. Um, I do, I do have a video of it, um, which I've never watched to this day. And um, mm. yes, yeah, as, as one of one of my hockey buddies, I don't that, know why you'd watch it. <laughs> no, well, some of them do. They said, "Oh no, you don't want to watch it. You fold up like a deck chair," is what I got told. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be watching that." Thanks. No, there wouldn't be a reason to watch that. <laughs> No, uh, so yeah, I had an all-inclusive stay at Queen's Medical Centre in Nottingham, and uh, they operated a week later. And and you have Queen's... a real job. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was, I was, I was still working at the hospital. Um. And yeah, had three pins inserted, and then I wasn't. And, and you're back next season. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, to be honest, Wally, I didn't expect to be, um, because at first, so the incident happened around the 17th of April last year. Um, and the recovery, because everything was still in lockdown, everything, all the rehab was being done online. And the initial assessment was that I wasn't going to be back out on the ice until December, um, of 2021 or even January of this year. Um, but I managed to get back um, with the help of our great NHS um, staff. Um, I managed to get back on the ice in the November. I, I couldn't make, uh, make, yeah, it was the end of October, beginning of November that I came back. I started doing some lower level games at the beginning of October, just to see how I, how I was skating and how it felt. And then I was back doing the Elite League um, in November. And to be honest, I, I was I was surprised at how well my, my leg was coping for the games. It, it was good. And, you know, obviously I got selected to do the Challenge Cup final this year, um, which was an achievement and something I certainly wasn't expecting. And then obviously I got selected for the uh, playoff finals at, at Nottingham this year and and done the Cardiff Guildford semi-final um, on the Saturday evening, which was a great game. Um, that's really impressive shit. And um, because, so I guess what's going through my brain right now is my body hurts more and more all the time. <clears throat> You're older than me. You're getting injured older than me. And you're going through all that shit to try and come back. Like, I had a hard time after my knee surgeries. I had a hard time not being around the guys and working out by myself, being by myself, doing it all by myself. I like being around the team. That's what I always wanted to be doing. And I always had a hard time after that, but that you went through all that, got yourself back and then got yourself back to a level. You're getting picked for all those big games. That's impressive shit. I'm about yeah, done I'm being nice to you now. <laughs> yeah you but know, the, the yeah. game in the eihl needs that they need the best linesmen they need the best refs doing the biggest games and they need dedicated people like you that are willing to put in the work to get back to that level that they're going to have great officiating in those games yeah and now i'm know, done we, god damn it yeah and we we've got we've got great officials you know onesie Berry, you know, Fraley, you know, and th these are the guys that are going to be taking over. And that, that's 
that's sometimes some of the hard thing as well, Wally, you know, because my, my time is, I'm not saying it has now, but, you know, I'm 45, I'm going to go into next year. And, you know, I, I, if I could turn back the clock, you know, 30 years, you know, when I first started refereeing and, you know, being chosen to, to do, referee all the, or the line or officiate the, all the semi-finals and finals that I've done, would, if somebody said to me, would you go back and do it all again? I would in a heartbeat, mate, because I love the sport so much. And yeah. people just, they won't, they won't ever realise, you know, just because we get picked for those games, we don't take it for granted. There's plenty of people that can be chosen and, you know, it's, it's humbling and, you know, your colleagues are always so proud of you and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it, it's it cool. is uh, very similar to like being hockey players. Cause I didn't realize how few jobs there are out there in Europe and in the world, say for like a small right-handed scoring winger right like there really isn't that many jobs to run a half wall on a power play in the world right so it's the same thing there's a lot of people signing up for these jobs and not many people get to do it right so you got to be thankful sometimes when you get think about it right yeah i guess yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay anyways (laughs) (laughs) next question do linesmen have pregame meals, especially when you're driving all the way to Glasgow and stuff? Do you uh, try to stick with the pasta like the players, or you just run in a muck eating whatever? Um, uh, well, we should we should should try to try to stay as healthy as possible, but sometimes it's just it's not possible. No. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, let's just be honest, you know, we're, we're traveling to these games and I don't always want to have a sandwich or pasta on the way. You know, sometimes I'd like to have a hot meal before or may, maybe something else. So, um, is that you beeping? Yeah, it is. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. You better stop um, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me. Yeah, shut it off. Uh, so you're eating mcdonald's they're making the hot food for you aren't they yes they do sometimes you know but no i I do you know andrew lord even let the card of devil stop at mcdonald's after games sometimes too uh, yeah he did especially on the way out of nottingham yeah yeah we would run a muck (laughs) then the next season he stopped that shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, hold on, you're professional athletes. Hey, I thought we I thought we we handled this beeping shit. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm gonna to I'm gonna be kicking you out of face off soon. You don't get that <laughs> beeping to stop. <laughs> um okay. Next question then. So you're not eating healthy pregame meals, and I understand you're on the road, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see here. Any player really stand out as like the best chirper, the one like you really like to banter with? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the one that? Yeah, Ryan Finity. <laughs> oh, Chad guy. Yeah, yeah, I can see Finna, that. Finna always like when he obviously he played in Cardiff. He had a. You know, he was in he was in Sheffield as well. 
and yeah, he he always you could almost to... call you the Ryan Finnerty of linesmen. <laughs> Honestly, he, he I've never used... seen him play hockey, but I'm just picturing this. Oh, he he used to come out with some corkers, and it, the thing is, he used to make me laugh on the ice. Like it would be <laughs> a, literally a serious situation that didn't warrant be. You know, it, I should not have been laughing. Yeah, but he would, he would literally he would say the quickest of one-liners, and he knew that I had heard because the first thing he used to do was look round at me <laughs> to see if, and I because I heard him, and I would start laughing, and sometimes he'd do it even on face-offs, and I'd be like, Ryan. You can't do this. I'm, I've got to be serious, and you're making me laugh. I, if you say something funny, I can't hold it in. No, yeah, you got to be. Yeah, no, he seems like a guy that enjoys hockey. Like he's having fun at the rink, right? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would have been fun to see him play. Never got to see that, but yeah, okay, I could see that. <laughs> Deese would have been memorable too from the bench. We covered that. Covered that. Okay. How about the code with breaking up fights and stuff when you're like crowd surfing on the guys, uh, putting your package in their face? Um, any guys like just totally snap and like you're kind of like worried what they're doing and you see their eye just kind of go crooked? Anything get pretty <laughs> wild? <laughs> There's been a few of those incidents. I remember, and it was lucky because um, – Danny Beresford actually mentioned to me this this afternoon um, before I come on. Um, there was one fight. It was me and him. It was in Nottingham. And it was Cam Jansen against um, Keith. Oh, that would have been something. Oh, I tell you, on the ice at the top, like these, these two guys... Our competitors, yeah. Oh, they were absolutely <laughs> throwing bombs, and I remember, even even Danny said, it felt like the fight was going on for about five minutes at center ice, and they were they were two big guys, two two massive players that just yeah, and you just think, oh my god, you know, I, I've had so many incidents. Uh, Nottingham against London races, they they just sent there was a massive line ball. And you just, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So in a you line know. brawl, then you're like, is it like, wh- how do you uh, handle it? Because I thought when like fighting was very normal growing up, right. When I get to junior and stuff and we got in a couple line brawls and I'm not, I'm not a very, you could say effective fighter. <laughs> um, I try my best, you know, but um, yeah. I'm not that good at it. You know, <laughs> Um I always was worried that like in a line brawl, I'd get into a situation where like the refs are elsewhere and I am just getting throttled. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a horrible situation when there is like a line brawl or when there's two or three incidents that are happening, obviously, you know, it, it, you know, the guys that want to fight and you know, the guys that don't, you know, and if I can try and help out the, the player that, that doesn't really want to get involved in this and he's being ragdolled around, we'll probably go to that one first, you know, and let the other, you know, two willing combatants that want to go and they know what their role is. Then once they, once the fight is over, they're normally quite happy to stop, yeah. you know, give each other a pat on the back, good fight, and then just go straight to the box, you know, and, they know their role and they 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 play that role well, but normally, you know, 
if it's a if it's just two fighters, we'll just let them go, and then once they're down on the ice, we'll we'll try and split it up. And <clears> so then, what the happens ball. in a line brawl? Whenever we're like, and I guess that's how they change the rules in hockey, right? Where the second fight in a play is like you get suspended for so long. It's to help you guys out, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, if it's a line ball, I mean, we just normally we'll just have a look and assess the situation and then as you quickly know, as you can. <laughs> yeah, as yeah, and as best as you can. And we're just normally what I'll try to do is uh, we'll we'll split the players up. I'll get them into the penalty box, tell the tell the guy who's running the door to to shut it. And you know, there's none of there's none of that coming back out of the penalty box and getting involved again. Um, so I normally try to tell them to shut the door, go and split up another fight get them in the box, shut the doors, go back, you know. Yeah, I've had, I've Does had this a few, stuff still happen? Not as much as it used to, no. thankfully. Do you know thankfully. what? They, I think, yeah, do you know? Look, I think there is there is an element of, of fighting in the sport, which I, I think is still warranted at, on times, you know, like... You think? Yeah, I... I well, if you look at it like, you know, if you've got an enforcer and, you know, Cardiff are 3-0 down within the space of five minutes and he's going out there to G the boys up and, you know, have a have a fight with with a with another enforcer and get the, the that that's fine, you know. Um, but there were some times when it, it just used to get so silly, you know, you would be the silliness doesn't fight. need to happen. Then, You're right about that. Week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, it just used to get so silly at times. And it was just like, oh, for a linesman, it used to just get boring. Hey, hey now. What's going on here? Thought I'm getting st- loads of messages while we're chatting. You are popular, eh? Yeah, I don't Jeez. know what, what the hell is going on. Huh. Um, well, anyways, I think it uh, matters. I think uh, it doesn't have to be even an enforcer. Um, if you're team needs to get going and they ain't doing anything it doesn't matter who fights it doesn't matter if he's an enforcer it doesn't matter if he's a goal scorer if somebody fights it's showing the boys like let's let's rock and roll here like uh royce garage june 25th at ainsdale golf course folks don't forget to register at aleshockeytails.com right (laughs) (laughs) but seriously we have a rock and roll band and i'm having a golf tournament folks it's going to be a busy seven days golf tournament june 25th <clears throat> matthew meyer's testimonial the next weekend okay <laughs> oh great shed's gonna be hot <laughs> actually be. yeah there's not gonna be much chatting going on folks so you might have to re-listen to some episodes because it's gonna be a pretty busy few days <laughs> <laughs> uh i forget where we were now <laughs> the fighting right yeah guys totally snapping hey I got, that's the question. Any guys like totally snap on you where you're like, is this for real? Like in your face or the other guy's face that they're fighting like that. You just know they're just not stopping. They're just going to continue. Um, no, not that I can think of off the top of my head. There is probably some incidents um, where it has happened. I think there was an incident with, Brad Voth, Danny Stewart, um, they literally had a fight in Coventry and Danny just wouldn't stop at all. You're and telling he, me Danny Stewart would fight Brad Voth? Yeah. How would yeah. he do? 
Uh, he didn't do too bad. I, Danny was he, he he went for it. He they had a fight in in Coventry. He I was trying it. to fight me when I came to the EIHL. I'm like, why are you trying to fight me? Like, why would I fight you? <laughs> but he was like my size, but just an angry little fella. Yeah, he 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 had a go with Rafa. So uh, yeah, he once he once because they both went down, and I remember Danny was still throwing punches afterwards, and he whacked me in the back of the head. He, he'll remember that story. Hmm. He, he he does remember. And, I would have thought Voth would run amok with him. Yeah, I think it was it was just all, all a bit messy, and and Voth lost his footing, I think, and just just fell over. But yeah, the the incident, I suppose, is the the Voth night one that we spoke about earlier. You know, the, both the guys got off, went behind, and yeah, it, it was a horrible fight off the ice. I'd never seen two grown men literally. It was it was almost like a street brawl. It was horrible. One of the yeah. one of the worst off ice fights I've seen, I think. Yeah, it's not fun when they get like that. No, no. <laughs> um, okay, you you never answered who's the best ref. Okay, who's the fastest skating ref? Who's the best skating ref? Ah, uh, Liam Soul. I don't know who that is. Yeah, uh, phenomenal skater. Is he phenomenal? Yeah, he is. Yeah, mm. he he is such a good skater. So um, we covered least agile, right? Because onesie can't stop one way, right? <laughs> yeah, no, can't stop one way. Oh, that and uh, that Bearsford, um, shed guy. He's gonna come on sometime, but he was in the world championships, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, that's pretty cool, <laughs> eh? When the when the Brits are going to the <clears throat> world championship, like top group that's pretty cool yeah it is and it's it's a massive achievement um for danny you know he's he's worked so hard um to get to that level as well and um yeah we, you know a- absolutely fantastic and it, it's recognition as well with you know all the hard work that we put in all the miles um, you put on your cars too eh yeah and, you know, it, it's nice as well for UK hockey to, you know, the officials to be recognised. You know, we, we've we had, you know, um, many official, um, male and female, uh, go away and, and do international tournaments. I, I was lucky enough to, to go away three times. Um, obviously, as you, as you mentioned, to Slovenia and Luxembourg and Iceland. Research team's got that down for questions here. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though, when you get to travel the world for hockey, right? And for you guys, your passion is being the best you can at lines or refing or whatever that is. And when you get recognition, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's and, you know, it's 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 a it's a great way to be recognized as well with your fellow peers you know because everybody looks up at you when you know no matter what games you're doing and they all want to strive to be at that level and we can also share knowledge as well you know like I'm sure Danny's picked up some things from from being away that he'll share with the guys the next time we see him you know and we, we take that into our games as well all right so what what are we saying like like what what a refs what a line's been like is it your positioning is it like how do you keep up with the playboy? How do you be at this blue line when they get there? Like, what do, what do you guys, what do you catch? Uh, 
What do you mean? Go on, say that. <laughs> well, like, like, like how a lot of linesmen is like you say he learned something. What could he learn from being around linesmen? Like I, I know, like I could watch a game and see a power play do something. And I'm like, shit, I never seen that play before. <laughs> yeah, it could it could be anything. It could be like your positioning on the ice, like you know. Obviously, now with with four four officials out there, two referees and two linesmen, you know. Yeah, we only have to worry about being on on the line. Um, you know, making sure that it, is it a definite icing? Is it offside? It could be the way that we conduct faceoffs, the way that we position ourselves on the ice. You know, there's always little things that you'll learn. You know, that we always feed back to each other, and you know, it might look easy. You know, for or from the outside looking in, but, you know, we're always learning no matter how much experience we've got exactly the same as you guys, you know, like you just said there, you'll see something happen on somebody's power play and you'll think, gee, you know, I hadn't done that before. Why don't we try that? And you'll put it into practice and, you know, but we have to put it into practice in a game situation. We don't get the ability to, you know, yeah. So we have to learn as we're going along. Right. I was just curious, like what the chatter is like in the locker room, like when he comes back, if like when you talk about the games, like, I guess, what the hell you guys talk about? Because I don't know, I'd be talking about like the player and like who was really good or yeah, like a play they'd run on a power play. Um, I'm not sure what linesmen would talk about or refs, right? Yeah, well, we, we talk about all different types of things. Like, obviously, we know. We know who the starting lineups are going to be before the game. And when when things are happening on the ice, like nine times out of 10, the linesman, you know, will communicate with the referee and be like, hey, you know, keep an eye on this. Or, you know, this happened. You know, it's not so much now with the four-man system. It used to be in, in the three-man. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll talk about things in the dressing room. Hey, you know, like keep an eye on this centre. You know, stick's not going down or he's jumping here or... He's dropping to one knee, you know, trying to gain an advantage. And so obviously we we tried to, you know, stop that from happening. So that's the sort of things that we talk about in between periods or maybe before games. I know that Hixie, um, like when it comes to the quarterfinals, they, they do a massive stack sheet and it tells you like, you know, which which centre favours which draw and stuff like that. Just you know, and we can see all all the analytics of everything. That's craziness. Um, gosh, that just threw me for a loop. I was going to say something, and now I forget. Um, you guys have analytics for what you guys are doing? No, no, we can view our games, but it's it's normally for like when it gets to the sort of quarterfinals and semifinals, we normally get a breakdown of like what the teams have done like the night before. So it's mainly like the, the quarterfinals that we get that. Um, so we can, we can view everything. It's, it's quite in depth. It's quite in. Yeah. God, I, I tried to remember what I was going to say because it was very serious and now I can't remember. That's what right. it was It'll come still. to you. Don't it is good. It. It, I, yeah. It's going to come to me. Um, it was something to do with getting better and what you're talking about, but it's going to come to me. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen. Okay. <clears throat> Posted yep. the picture. You're walking down the hallway. You're number 23, Lee Young. Your email yep. uh, and uh, right here um, is telling me number 79. So what's going on here? You're yep. number 23 or number 79? 
I'm number 79 now. Um, I used to be 23. And after my injury in Nottingham last year at the Elite Series, I just didn't want to wear that number anymore. And so I, I had a change of heart and I, uh, I asked for 79. You'd been, you been 23 the whole time? Uh, yes, I had. I actually, well, there was one season where I wore 13 because I'd actually given my, fa uh, my shirt away um, to a fan and uh, didn't realise that we weren't getting new shirts for the following year. So I had to wear 13 for one season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd been 23 and, th and that photo was actually taken by Rosie. That was the, the year at the finals weekend when I decided to retire. So as I was walking out, he got that shot. And they had made up my name on the. Uh, it was really I cool. It's, it's great yeah, photo. It's, it's great photo. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic photo, and uh, yeah. That's well, that you know, Shed's here to try and help get you guys recognition you guys deserve. Because to be honest, I thought you guys do a great job in the IHL. I know a lot of fans will disagree with me, but when they probably haven't watched many games in Germany, <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so refs pick their numbers. A majority of the time, yes, they do. Okay. So why 23 would, and why 79? Uh well, I was gonna pick 77 because that was the year I was born, but onesie had it. Uh. Um so I couldn't have that. Um, I didn't want 78, so I just I just picked 79. Okay, so you just wanted to be in the 70s and kept working your yeah. way up from 77. Yep. Okay, 23 20... just started when you were a kid? Uh, 23, I, I wanted seven, but Simon Kirkham had that number, and I picked 23 afterwards. Well, I wore number 18 in Cardiff because number 10 was re was getting retired that season um, to Stoner. And uh, I had worn 19 in Sunder Yuski. And um, that one was retired too, I think, right? Oh. Moria, maybe, I think. So that's how I yeah, became 18. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting how people pick their numbers because – Colby wears number 14 for Tom Kuhnhackle from Germany because he let us meet him after an NHL game, right? Everybody's got a story usually about their number they wear, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing, nothing special about my numbers. The guys might say different, but no. <laughs> okay. So next question, poster pictures. There's a photo of you getting ready to drop the puck. Probably a big game. A lot of fans there, big arena. But your form ass out like straight back you know right over it like is that what goes on at training camps is getting that form down because my goodness it was spectacular the ass out everything was perfect um no do you know what that come from i think it was obviously the worst thing as a linesman is getting taken out on a face-off draw especially from the wingers behind you it's got to be the absolute worst. Going back over on your head. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the, the you don't. So what's the game play. plan? Drop and then what? Plant your feet get, or get the hell yeah. out of the way? Get the hell out of the way. 
but obviously as you get a little bit older and fatter and slower it's that's a bit more difficult you, you don't know? look so... like you're getting fatter <laughs> you still look um... the same <laughs> thanks um no obviously you know we that way having the knees bent you know and if they do come it's you're not going to get at least you've got a bit more balance to you yeah. um i know what you mean though it's the same as like when you get really tired because you're fat on the ice and you start straight legging it you can fall <laughs> down easier <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so yeah we just it, you know and we we watch obviously nhl games as well and we we see how you know the best the best league in in the world how how their officials are, are doing it and it just gets adapted and adopted over here and you know, and obviously the guys that travel away and do tournaments, you know, they'll pick things up and they'll bring them back here. And it's just how the the, the games progress. They're, they're, I'm sure there'll be something else that will happen, and we'll be we'll be doing something. So, similar. when you watch an NHL game, are you watching like the positioning of the linesman? Yeah, I. Yeah, do you know what? It's difficult. Sometimes it's difficult to watch a game without watching the officials on the ice and seeing what's happened. You know, it was quite funny. One of my friends the other day was like, oh, how come? I think it was one of the Colorado games. He was like, how come this wasn't offside? You know, and I was like, well, because the player hadn't touched the puck and the other guy was skating out and touched the line. And then he gained possession of the puck once it was in the zone. And and he was like, well, it doesn't. And then he sent me uh, the clip of it later. And he was like, oh, actually, yeah, you were right. You know, and that's that's the thing with, with some some of the fans, if they knew the rules 100%, you know, they wouldn't shout for as much as they do, but they pay their money and, you know, they're entitled to have their opinion, you know, but it's like, yeah, if you was educated and, and I'm not saying that every fan isn't far from it, you know, right, there no, was, I know, you, I know. Yeah. yeah. But some of them, when they get all hot and bothered, they should realize maybe they should. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I I went to a football game, and uh, I was I was watching I was watching a football game, and an incident happened um, on the pitch, and literally I sat there for a moment thinking, how the hell did the referee not see that? You know, the linesman was only a few feet away, and for a split second, I I realised just why fans are so passionate about their teams and it it put it into a new perspective for me because you know I'm not saying I know all the rules of football far from it I don't I was just watching a game an incident happened between two players the linesman flagged for the incident and I, I felt like one of the players should have been sent off and he wasn't and for a split second I was like Jesus why did why didn't the ref send him off and then I was like well you know what this is what fans are like when I make a decision on the ice and I, I can I can see then, and it was yeah, it was. It it's was all about eye. you know what? It's all about perception, right? And uh, yeah, sometimes you don't really have the full perception um, until you get in your shed and start talking to all the different uh, people in hockey, right? Because there's all of that, and uh, like fans also, like when I've been chatting in my shed, right? I try to sell t-shirts or hats or whatever. Right. And then you realize their favorite hockey team selling those team GB selling those. Um, there's so many, and then there's season tickets, there's testimonial tickets. There's all these things to spend your money on. And it's like, well, 
what are we actually going to spend our money on? But when they get to a game and they've paid their money to see a game, like they want to show, right? Like they want their team to win. They're passionate about it because they've just worked all week to get to go to that game on the weekend. Yep. Right. So it could, yep. it could piss you off if people are, you know, say not in shape enough for them. And they're like, you need to be more in shape to be our top scorer. I'll be like, okay, sorry, Sean Phillips, my bad, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but like they're passionate about their team. They love their team. And like they get pissed off when a call's wrong or whatever, or they disagree with it. And it's because of everything they put into the game, just like the linesmen's, the refs, the players, you know, takes everybody yeah. to bring in that passion into a rink at, on the weekends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and that's what makes the game. And, you know, we know when we've made a mistake and do you know what this, this is saying that the fans may or may not see, if I make a mistake on the ice, if I've called an offside wrong or, you know, there's an ice in that I shouldn't have called, like, I know. And the first thing I do is apologise to the players. Hey, I'm sorry, guys. I made a mistake. I can't change it. The, Let's you move know, on. The yeah, the face-off is still going to be here. And between the players and the officials, that's normally accepted. Yeah, You know, yeah, the, the fans are going to go mental. I don't mind if a fan comes up and says, hey, you know, what What happened in the game for you to call that? But, you know, or, you know, why was that offside or that wasn't? And why why did that puck go all the way down the ice on that offside and all that? Then I'm happy to explain it to them and, you know, just not necessarily educate them, but, you know, make them a bit more aware of what's happening. Look, I'm not a robot. I get things wrong. Mm-hmm. I know when I've made a mistake, I'll hold my hands up and openly admit it to the players on the ice, but then the game carries on. But that's all you can do, right? Is when you make mistakes yeah. is be like, yeah, that's on me. It's the same as a player, right? When you screw yeah. up, like for the most part, I never needed a coach letting me know. I knew exactly what I should have done, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it- Exactly. And, the and it's all about well, how you're going to approach it. If a fan approaches you yelling and screaming, then you're like, well, I'm not talking to you and I, I'm not going to appreciate what you're saying. And it was the same with coaching. If a coach came over and I'd be like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know what I've done now. I don't need you to bark in the ear old, but yeah, he's just doing his bit, but it's like, yeah, now you're making me look an absolute idiot. <laughs> yeah. And then you're making me look bad in front of all my buddies. Right. And it's yeah. like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So you did get to go to Slovenia. Yes. What happened there? Uh, what? Gee, Wally, it was so long ago. You don't even like... know why you were there. You were there for a hockey tournament of some kind. Yeah, I can't even remember what tournament it was. I remember I remember that was my first double IHF assignment. Um, I can't even remember what level so, it was at. Okay, here's my question then. Well, you were just ref in the UK. You're refing away, or sorry, linesman, whatever, um, officiating, we'll say. Um, but then do you put your name in the hat? Like, I want to go to the IIHF. Do you have to go to camps and say, like, watch what I can do, look at my positioning? Well, how do you get selected? 
Um, so for the pool of officials that we have, um, obviously Ice Hockey UK um, will have a set number of licenses that they can allocate to um, their officials. So, you know, Ryan Fraley, Danny Beresford, Onesie, um, and referees as well, they'll be selected um, out, of, out of a pool um, to be given an international license. And then it's just based on IIHF, whoever wants to assign, um, I believe, or this is how it used to work, unless it's changed, um, because I haven't been involved in international um, tournaments for some time. Um, they, they'll obviously, they'll get their assignments and then they'll select just the officials that are registered um, or being selected for a IIHF badge. Um, and they'll, they'll get their assignments that way. So it normally the IIHF will inform Simon and then Simon will normally um, email the referees and let them know what, what tournaments they've been given and where the okay. assignments will be. I remember what we were going to say now. Go on. Yeah. So when you're play when you're reffing in the UK all year and you know, all the players, right. You know who I am. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say to you. You know what I'm going to do out there. You know what Doug Clarkson's going to do out there. Right. You know, all yeah. the players, you get to know them. You got to do that every year. You got to meet a lot of players and get to know them pretty quickly. Right. Um, yeah. But then when you go abroad, right? You talked about analytics and that's when I got sidetracked. When you go abroad, is there like someone saying, Hey, number 36 for Finland, he'll do this. Number 22 for Canada, he'll do this. Is there anybody giving you a heads up or is it like you go out there and you just see what happens? You just go out there and see what happens. Every game is different. I mean, the double IHF, a lot of the players, they will just go there to play. I mean, when players come over, I'm always very nervous at the beginning of any new season. You know, obviously, we've got the established guys that we know quite well. And, you know, we've already built that relationship up. But there's always new players that come in that want to test the boundaries, see what they can get away with. And that's that's fine. That's part and parcel of the job. And I always get sort of a little bit nervous at the beginning of the season because you don't know what sort of what the players, are, how they're going to react as well. You know, um, but then as are the they going to shoot a go puck on, at you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, it's um, it's totally different. And in, in IIHF, they just go and they play, and there's they they very rarely say anything to the officials. Okay, but that's yeah. that's because they don't know us, we don't know them, and they know what they can and can't get away with. At, there's at also level. the language barrier too, right? So when you go to these places, you're roughing or officiating with with different nationalities, right? Can you guys even speak to each other usually? I think, I think English is a pretty universal yeah. language. So, uh, you know, I think fuck you and, you know, it's pretty much the same. That's the pretty board, much so. how it, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> German, you call people arschlocks. That's an asshole. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's a new one. Yeah, you can call them that. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you went to luxembourg what kind of barns are in luxembourg that that was that was a great venue to go to i really to be honest yeah it was um i remember um kazakhstan were playing in that tournament they 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 were a, they were an a pool country 
but they had to start right from the bottom because it. They, I think it was part of the breakaway region at the time, and they so they had to start right at the bottom. Um, Kazakhstan, and I think they were playing someone like Belgium, and it was a ridiculous scoreline. It was about, I think it was, I'll say between sixty and eighty goals that they scored. Kazakhstan did on Belgium. Yeah, yeah, that would happen. It was sorry, ridiculous. Belgium fans that listen to the shed. I know there's a few of you. Yeah, my bad. It, it, <laughs> Didn't it, mean it. I tell you, I I had the worst <laughs> bad back after that game, picking up so many parts. Um, <laughs> I think at one stage during during the whole game, they pulled their goalie for a period, Kazakhstan, and Belgium still couldn't score. And I remember the um, the supervisor was Nico Tuman. He he went absolutely ballistic and was like, "If you ever pull a stunt like that again." He said, then, you know, I'm going to kick you out of the tournament. Like pulling it, the goalie? Yeah, they pulled the goalie for a whole period. So they had six skaters, no goalie. And the, the other team still couldn't score. It was just an absolute riot out there. And, mm. yeah, it was it was demoralising. The, the, the poor goalies, I remember, like, literally, it was like 10 goals, right? Get the other goalie back in. He'd face 10 shots, 10 goals. Get the other goalie back uh, in. Yeah, like, why would you do that, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just... Yeah, it was sad, but yeah, it was. It that was a. It was. It was a good tournament still to go and do, but it was just yeah, Kazakhstan were way above everybody else. Yeah, well, those guys can play. <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah, they I can. think they had some NHL prospects at the time as well, because I think there was um, Toronto and Calgary scouts there at the time. Well, I could be wrong, and they may disagree with me, right? But you know, I'm not for everyone. Is. Um, in the Continental Cup, like you play against players from those countries or teams. And um, I I wouldn't say they loved hockey like I did. I would say when I watched their practices, they were showing up and doing their jobs. And they were really good at doing their jobs. They didn't show up and like just love it and just were doing it because they loved it. And um, I watched their practice and I was like, I could never, ever, 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 ever play there in that situation you know <laughs> yeah they were not I having fun not one player smiled the whole practice i was like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. so different the practices man so different um anyways better move on you went to iceland yes Reykjavik. very expensive very cold What's there um, for hockey? Is it like the Mighty Ducks? Are they really good? <laughs> no, it was. Um, no, I think they had. I think there was a load of really weird teams that were playing. Well, not weird, but obviously hockey that you wouldn't normally associate. I think like Mexico were there, and you know Spain. Yeah, hopefully Argentina yeah. was there. Shout out to Matthew Meinzer in the episode like one fifty six down in Argentina. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but we we got to you know we we done a I think it was a week out there. Yeah, it was it was great. Got to see some really. I never made it to Iceland. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good place to go. And, and then, so you go there to to ref or uh, officiate um, a tournament. Then that's what you're going yep. to do. Yeah, we normally get a day off. We normally get a day off for sightseeing. So they they took us to. Um, so we would go and see the hot springs, the geysers, um, 
we went and saw Goldfoss, which was a massive, great big waterfall. Um, and then we went to the Blue Lagoon, um, which was an actual... Is T- Team GB in this tournament? Um, I don't think they were, no. Uh, no. Because obviously any any tournaments that we would go to that Team GB involved in, we wouldn't we wouldn't officiate our, our home country. I mean, they're normally right. as well out of the way. Never even thought of that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if any of the uh, what are they called supervisors of refereeing are listening to me in the shed right now, if you're going to the IIHF tournaments, don't take the German refs. They're brutal. <laughs> take take the eihl refs they're way better they let you play hockey and you know but what do i know (laughs) right it's yeah it's very it's very black and white in double ihf for referees and linesmen that you literally there's no the gray area like say like dean my driver from Heathrow talked about like there's a gray area in hockey right and it's the same like we talked about that face-off you're dropping at the end of a game compared to the start of the game. Like you're going to have the same form. I saw it. It's fantastic. But like the way you talk to the players, the way you talk to those settermen, the way they're getting into the face-off, everything's different. Everything's dialed up a little bit more, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is exactly it. And, you and know, there is you gray areas in hockey. So IHF, I, whatever they're called, figure it out. Double IHF. Yeah. Gray areas, right? <laughs> that's how you become an, an effective ref or a linesman right is knowing the gray areas yeah my in my opinion which doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry we've been going a long time i got a couple more questions for you that's fine go on okay what do you do to warm up i'm pretty sure i've seen you play two touch uh yeah um i'm terrible at it but yeah i do i do attempt to touch um with the guys who's the best two touch player in the officiating world that can't be a hard question like who's the best ref there is a best two touch player yeah danny beresford really this guy's talented eh? yeah oh yeah yeah he's in the he's in he's in the world championships he's running a muck of two touch too you're saying yeah He's yeah, he frustrates me a lot. Really? Does he do back yeah, back strikes he'll, he'll, or shoulder strikes like I did? Oh, it's just everything. He's he's got some skills, that boy. I'd like to I'd like to challenge him. Okay. Oh, oh good. Yeah, please. I'd like to see that. Yep. Honestly, he, he'll look one way and then you'll just kick the ball and yeah, I just, just I don't know how he does it. I've I've got triangle feet, mate. It just goes here, there, and everywhere. It's 50 wow. pence for it. That's that's why you could you 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 that's why you got into officiating, not playing, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe exactly. this Beresford could have been a player, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah. I think he did play. I think he played in goal. Oh, maybe just played the I wrong position. He, yeah, I think he was a goalie. I, I don't remember who he played for, but I'm sure he played in goal. Okay. Um okay, so you do play two touch. That's how you warm up for games. Yep. There's so many questions I have in my head when I start talking hockey. It's crazy. Yeah. Yes, carry on. Okay. I've got all the time in the world. Yeah, I don't. Favorite barn in the league and favorite barn outside of the league in the lower leagues that I don't know about. Give me a barn I don't know about in the UK and then give me your favorite EIHL barn. Mine's Fife. 
Oh, I've never been to Fife. That's one rink I haven't been to. You've in, never in been to career. Fife? You shut your... What? No, never been to Fife. Never been to Fife. So you guys don't travel been. that much. You guys actually are homers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we are. Um, well, it makes sense to save money for everybody. And so the fans don't have to pay so much for their tickets, right? Because if you guys are traveling up to Scotland and taking flights and shit, just so you don't have homers, well, price just went up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, what was, what would I say? My favorite. Never EIA been to Fife. Okay. Carry on. I haven't, I've never been to Fife. I know it just doesn't make sense to me because I have been, and oh. I've, you've been in the league for decades and I, I was there for one year. <laughs> Yeah, you you've been more times than I have. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a it's a trip, and you know what? I don't know if you'd fit it. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard it's an experience. So, uh, and I think I, I I want you to go there. EIHL, listen up. I think next season Lee should go to Fife and be mic'd up for the game. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, right. I'll speak. To, I'll, I'll ask Ixie if I can get a game. Seriously, and then I'll report back. Hopefully, the fans can be mic'd up too because they're ruthless. <laughs> Are they? Oh, they can be. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. No, I think oh, it'd okay. be great if you did a game there. Yeah. Get mic'd up. I'll, I'll ask Ixie if I can go with uh, some of the Scott. I'll get Toby to come with me as well. Toby I, Craig. I, I I hear good things about him. Yeah. Stefan Meyer brought Dude, him up too. Yeah, Stefan Meyer brought him up. And if Stefan Meyer likes him, then so do I. I don't know who uh, that is. Probably a terrible ref if he's from Scotland, though. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. I've known I've known Toby a long time, so um, yeah. I'll see if I can get a game with him in Fife, and he can show for me around for the weekend. You should. It's yeah. Okay. So, what is your favorite bar in that? Sorry, we got sidetracked. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be uh, my. Is is going to be Nottingham hmm? uh, because not not for any you're, other you're reason. because the playoff weekend. That's all you're talking about. Um, it's got a lot of memories for me there. Yes, and I just I just think it's such a it's just a really nice arena. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's just got a lot of memories. Nottingham, you know, a lot what what are the memory? What are the memories that? The, the playoff weekend there where you retired then and then they did that for you or what yeah you know it was it was the that was the arena that i i had officiated something like 15 to 16 or 17 um semi-finals before actually getting selected to do a final on the web. and holy um, moly uh 15 to 16 semi-finals before you got a final yeah who are it the guys a, getting the finals? Didn't you want to just, just get, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, no, it, it was what it was at that particular, that particular time. There was obviously referees and linesmen um, that were doing it better than I was at that, that, at that particular moment. So it wasn't. And that's always perception too, right? But go yeah. ahead. You know, and so I ended up doing my first um, my first final in Nottingham, and you know, then there was obviously the retirement. But I, I had done so many um, semi-finals, and there. yeah, and yeah. that playoff weekend, like um, they do it right. Like I was up in a box when I went to be a pregame speaker, 
I do the pregame speech. And then I was up in like an actual real box. Like I was in the NHL getting free drinks. Right. Yeah. They do it right there. So that's yeah, your maybe. favorite rink. eh? What about outside of the EIHL? One I don't know about. I've got to say, can I say two? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's, I, your, with, it's your shed visit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, I, I will go with two. Um, the MEN Arena. Um, I don't think it's called the MEN. It was it was called the 9X Arena, I think, years ago in Manchester. The big, um, the, the big one? When, yeah, the, the, I remember doing Manchester versus Sheffield with 17,500 people there watching. Would that and, be the uh, same arena that I would have gone to watch a UFC event with my wife, um, Randy Couture versus Bisping, maybe? Oh, really? Pretty sure. Yeah. When I was in Germany, we flew over for a UFC event, yeah, in Manchester. It, 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 it's got to be the same arena. How many arenas can yeah. it be like that in Manchester? Yeah. Yeah, it was It was a phenomenal rink. And it's it actually... Um, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, comedian Peter Kay, um, but he used to he used to work um, the Manchester Storm games because he's mentioned it a couple of times when he's done interviews for radios and stuff like that. Um, and and my other my other favourite rink would probably be before obviously the the finals um, or the playoff uh, finals were held in Nottingham. Uh, they used to do a weekend at Wembley at Wembley Arena. I've heard um, about this. Yeah, they used to um, they used to hold the playoff finals there, but they used to do a semi final on the Friday night. They would do a semi final on the Saturday, and then they'd play a final on the Sunday. But then they obviously changed the format because one team got a longer rest than the other one. Was it not like outdoors? Uh, no, it wasn't. There's, so you what's to, Wem- you like? Think- where where is Wembley? What is Wembley? Okay, I know I'm an idiot. Okay, talk to me. Um, yeah, so Wembley's on the sort of north circular, just just outside of um, London. So they had the stadium, which is where they they play all the England football games, um, which they still do now. They they knocked the old stadium down, and they um, built a new stadium, and then they have the arena next door, um, and that's where they used to hold the playoff finals weekend. And Before it used to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And how and many? Was, how many? people does that sit uh do you know what it wasn't i think it was about nine thousand um but they used to obviously they used to have uh, an ice hockey team there years ago and they used to just do the playoff finals there so that that was probably my my two two rinks outside of what we have now wow that's cool i didn't know about that i knew about the wembley thing but i didn't know anything about the rink um my yeah. my thing is when it comes to rinks is I just want it full. I don't care how big it is. It just better be full of fans because we talked about it. Fans matter. Yeah. Right. If it's a rink that seats 500, well then let's get 500 people in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing better than skating out, you know, and it's a full arena, you it's know, full. Nottingham Sheffields and it's full, the atmosphere it, it really it brings everything. It's it's an amazing experience, and and the the fans will probably never experience what it's like on the ice. You know, um, to to feel that that adrenaline that you get. 
Not, yeah, it's, it's hard to fill that adrenaline later in life too. Right. When like, you'll probably remember you go out or well, I guess you're still doing it, but like national anthems are playing in those big games. Right. You talk about getting more amped up, like the, the national anthem was always like the thing for me. Right. Especially when I got to Cardiff, because in Germany, we never had the national anthem. We wouldn't line up on the blue line unless it was the finals, which you're amped up for. But in Cardiff, when they would play the Welsh national anthem in the big blue tents, and we were all lined up on the blue line. And like, I didn't understand what they were singing about, but like, I would get goosebumps. And like, every single guy on that team, we'd be looking at each other on each blue line. And it was like we were getting ready to like, we were going to battle and that's what we would do. Right. And then the game would end and you'd go have a pint at the, the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, that's the shit yeah. I miss is the, like the national anthem when you're looking at each other and you're like, she's go time. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Huh? I, I, do you know what the Welsh national anthem when everybody's singing it, it, it is like that goosebumps. You're like, wow. Crazy. Yeah. And you, you you see it even even now before the games, you know, and it, it does pump the players up. It does. It, it really does. Um, it makes you play better, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I found it interesting when the research team tried to get hot and there wasn't that many interviews with you because, you know, I thought you were one of the most interesting guys in the league when I was over there. <laughs> yeah, no, you're the only one that's asked me for an interview. Hmm. so i was like yep let's do it <laughs> no i couldn't wait man like uh and it was like the memorable first game of the big blue tent i didn't know what it was gonna be like i remember showing up that first day and i'd been in <clears throat> sooner yuski with their beautiful rink um but then i show up at a big blue tent and i'm like well what in the hell is this and then you have your first preseason game and it's half full and you're like okay this is what we're doing and then we start winning and guys are fighting, guys are scoring and the team's winning. And then all of a sudden it was just nuts in there and you get the Welsh national anthem going and it was just, it was really fun to play hockey again. And like, I miss those days, you know? Yeah. I could, I could imagine Wally. I could imagine. And yeah, it was, yeah, we talk. We always go back to it, atmospheres and and the way it is. And yeah, that that BBT it used to it used to rock that place. And it really it, did. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many memorable games in 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 that rink. You know, um, we we had uh, we've obviously had quite a few NHL players grace grace our league and and play Matt Bolesky. You know, I had a bit of a run in with him <laughs> in one game. Um, somebody, I think someone told me about that in the shed was that, uh, you were chirping, like there's like the, the NHL guys come over for the lockout and think they're big deals. And you're like, no, 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 to be honest, I, I, I can remember the game. It was, um, it was Cardiff Coventry and there was like three or four offsides in a row that I'd called against Coventry and. There was there was two players, um, two brothers, uh, Brad and Greg Lee, um, that were playing, and they were giving me a hard time, and I was giving them a bit of a hard time, and you know, yeah, it's not the the professional thing to do. And I remember 
Matt Bolesky was gliding down the blue line, skating towards me, and he, he started having a go at me as well. And I didn't even know who this guy was. And I literally looked at him and I was like, and who the F and L are you? And Dan was stood right next to me and he went, hey, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no, who is it? And he was like, that's, that's the NHL, Matt Bolesky. <laughs> and I, I just literally, straight away, I looked at Tom and I said, well, he must be on the fourth line because he is terrible. He is absolutely <laughs> terrible. And it was literally the most unprofessional thing I've done. Yeah. And I, I absolutely gave it to him. And I, I, I apologised to him um, it was a couple of weeks later. I, I had to eat some humble pie and I went round to the Coventry dressing room and I was like, oh, uh, hi, sorry, Mr. Bolesky. I didn't mean to, to, to uh, act like that. It was unprofessional. Yeah, I certainly found out who he was later that season because he ended up lighting it up in the, uh, in the NHL playoffs for the uh, Anaheim Mighty Ducks. <laughs> and um, yeah, he, he was on a massive scoring streak and yeah it was like yeah i know who you are now and uh, wow. i have to eat a bit of humble pie but yeah the thing amazing. is though is that's the best way to officiate is to not know who people are and not give other people the rope or whatever just because of who they are is that that's better that you don't know who they are and you treat everybody the same way and i think everybody should be treated the same way because we're all just normal folks <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he he he, he accepted the apology and we, we we got on so well after that. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of of being on the ice with so many great NHL players. Um, McKenna, who used to play for Pittsburgh, used to be on the same line as um, uh, Mario Lemieux. Uh, Scotty Nichols, who played for, for the New Jersey Devils, the centre, he played, he played in London. Um, obviously, we had Eric Cairns. Um, uh, there was uh, a player um, years and years and years ago that played for Cardiff, I think, for one month, uh, Travis Brigley, uh, who was just phenomenal. Um, I think he played for Calgary and he got dropped and he was sent over and Cardiff picked him up and he, he went back and signed for the Colorado Avalanche. But he was a phenomenal player. Well, you'd been on the ice with a lot of good hockey players over the years. When did you start? this how long you been uh, in the eihl or the top league of the uk uh i was i started nine well i started officiating and playing when i was 14 i sort of started officiating when i was late te- late 14 early 15 um and then at 16 i i started doing the top level of of british ice hockey then um and <laughs> i i got I, sorry what 16 16 yeah <laughs> and i i actually went to um all the guys know this story uh but that's in, 30 years ago yeah in Matt. 90 93 um i got chosen to do the um semi-final senior semi-final at Wembley it was on a Friday night and it was the Cardiff Devils against I believe it was the Murrayfield Racers and it was the first ever shutout at Wembley Cardiff won 9 nil. uh Jason Wood was in goal uh, if there's a lot of uh, old uh, hockey fans from Cardiff they'll probably remember that um remember that night and ah, oh, so now yeah Jeez, thought we were almost over. Um, but like you've been part of British hockey history from the start. And um, like 
it's weird thinking of like Canada and like these teams are a hundred years old and the original six and whatever. But like when you talk, talk about Cardiff devil's history, or you talk about UK hockey history, like you say, Murrayfield racers and like, yeah, I get that. That's Edinburgh. Right. And they're there. Um, And like the history isn't that old. It isn't that long ago. And you've been a part of like all of it. eh? Yeah. I have, and it's it's a massive part of my life, Wally. And uh, you know, I I hope it continues for many many more years. You know, um, I, yeah, it's it's very hard to when you're being a part of something for so long. You know, um, to think that it it won't happen again. You know, <laughs> what do you want me to say to that? That's did you hear what you just said? <laughs> yeah, that, that was. Uh... <laughs> what happened to me and then you go back to the real world and you try to be somebody else you try to you you get better at doing other things but then you miss i know um yeah and that's the thing that's the thing that that people will never never under understand you know we the amount of players that i've got so many relationships with you know that I've seen come and go you know and I always you know I've had so much when I broke my leg I had so many players fans coaches people that you probably wouldn't expect reach out to you and wish you the best you know and wish you you know um and then so you then you and then you realize what you're doing is important right yeah and it's yeah it's 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 a great feeling it's 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 an amazing feeling and we all love this sport and it's it's great Uh, yeah yeah and uh you know everybody's got to find their spot in the game right and uh i had lost my spot in the game i didn't i didn't really have one and uh I found that again and coaching the kids around here. Um, yeah, I fit in the game again. Right. And it means a lot when it's like you said, it's a massive part of your life. Right. Yeah, it is. And that's how you get picked up at Heathrow by Dino, right. By making new <laughs> friends in your shed. Cause yeah, hockey and is important. And there's relationships that like the last a lifetime because we were all on the ice together, having fun. Right. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. You know, we go out there, we do our jobs and, you know, no matter what happens in the heat of the moment of the game, at the end of it, most of the players will come up and say, well done, good job. You know, even though they may have just lost, you know, they, they, they will always come and say, you know, great. And to be honest, I even, even at playoff finals weekends, I even, even when I'm not officiating the games, I wish both teams good luck, you know, because they're all fighting for something, Yeah. you know, and. And it's that moment after the game that like you get to have with your teammates that you worked so hard for. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you can see that you can see how much it means to players as well, just as much as it does officials. I remember the first game that I have, the first, when I was talking to you about the semifinals and I've done my first, my first playoff final in Nottingham. 
I've never said this to anybody and, and the, nobody would know. Um, but at the end of the end of the game, I can't remember who the final was against. I'm, I'm useless with teams and scores and, and stuff yeah, like that. Me, but yeah, me too. I remember the game finished and I was stood on the ice and I think it was Tom Darnell was the linesman and it was Maury Hansen was the referee. And I was looking around the arena, you know, simply the best was playing or Queens, we are the champions. And I just thought to myself, wow, I've just, I've just officiated this final. And I remember they've done all the presentations and we get off the ice first and we got off on the away bench. And as I walked down, the, 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 there was a slight little corridor as you get off behind the benches. And Andy Dalton, um, who's a fantastic official, was stood there and he shook my hand. And as I, as I turned the corner, I shook his hand and I burst into tears and was literally crying full of just emotion because of what it meant for me to officiate that level of game and get in my first final. You know, when people think we just go out there and just just do our job and just go home and it doesn't mean anything, but it, it meant so much. And we got I got into the dressing room and all the guys and that were were in bits. And you know, I was just yeah, so so chuffed. Stop it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. It's the same with me in my shed. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. But I'm working really hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And and it's, like, it's like when I'm ranked top couple in the UK, when I'm up there with the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah, I'm working harder than them. I have no marketing team. I have nobody. I, I have friends. I have a hockey family around the world that... Uh, Makes it all possible. Yeah, that I call them and they're like, of course I'll come on for you. And I'm like, holy shit. Then I got John Collins making me a website. I got Lee Freeman making me posters and it's all because I have a hockey family. And <clears throat> so when I post like I'm near the top of the rankings, well, nobody has any idea what that means to me walking out to my shed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, and honestly, Wally, it's it's so great. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, do you know what? This this is what it's Sorry, all about. Sorry, I missed doing that. I had to do that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, wrong. but honestly. Bad you, call. <laughs> hey, no, honestly, it's like you are, you're doing a great job with, with all these podcasts. You get so many amazing people on there. And, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to have you back out there do, doing all this. And getting us all together, and uh, you know what, I, I want to come back and do it again and again and again. And, we, and that's all I want to do is, yeah, like uh, you talk about Bears food texting you today, and it's like when I hear about how it's bringing people together, like that's what I love doing is having fun and um, enjoying life. And uh, when I hear about people, you start texting with people about hockey stuff, it puts a smile on your face. When people text me about hockey and like pigs is texting me, like, I think that's me. I think he's putting his package in my face. That makes me laugh. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay. So that's, that's you that he's grinding on. I'm like, okay, well that that's hilarious. And it makes my day. And I didn't have that for five <laughs> years. Right. So like now every day I'm getting messages and like, I'm doing my real job and we're doing good there. And 
it's just every day is a good day for living. And it's, it's because of my hockey family, you know? So thanks everyone. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. This has been another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Younger and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Goldbands. I'm like Pete Southdown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind.